This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Yeah, so uh, we'll go ahead and, and keep it keep it pushing, um, keep it short with the, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the political chop. Uh, we just got a few stories that we're going to touch on. We ain't going to get into too much because you know it's just a lot of foolishness. It's, it's election season and it's just silly shit. Silly shit. Um, so <clears throat> let's first start with, uh, let's let's start with everybody's favorite new uh, new favorite Democrat, Joe Biden. Joseph. Joe Biden uh, just Joseph. recently uh, released his newest attack ad, uh, and when I say attack ad, you would think I'm talking about Donald Trump, right? Or attacking conservatives? Nah. Is that what we're this me? this thing of Joe Biden thought it was acceptable to release an attack ad on looters. Yeah. On the looters of the the unrest. Come on. Out of everything that you could be talking about, this man releases a attack ad talking about I don't stand for looters and looters aren't American. And wait, is this not the country man. that celebrates the Boston Tea Party? Please stop yeah, it. Man. Please. Please stop it, Joe Biden. Yeah. Man, you know what man, you know what it was with that, man. You know you gotta appeal to respectability politics and mainstream America. Right now, uh, Biden. And Trump is fighting for the white moderates, man, and the black moderates and all the moderates that's lost in the south sub civility where they can be able to always prioritize social order before justice. That's the people that he was appealing to. The people that Martin Luther King was you know what I'm saying, critiquing when he wrote that letter to Birmingham. Mm. That's that, that, that's who Biden was. Hold George, say that shit again. Who <laughs> is Joe Biden appealing to when he says Joe Biden America does not represent the looters? The white, Demo- the, the white moderates that Martin Luther King said that Hey, uh, black folks, Negro, I'm afraid to warn y'all that the Ku Klux Klan is not people we should be worried about. It's not our greatest downfall. It is the white moderate that is more concerned with order than justice. Mm. So when you think about who he was trying to appeal to, mm. he was trying to appeal to the white people that are in the middle that are trying to figure out how they're going to get their America back. Hey, Christopher Strickland says Biden <laughs> needs Drake's ghost writer. He's got no no bars, bro. Hey, Barack, whoever Barack Obama's speechwriter, they was genius. Yeah, genius. They did. They, they like whoever wrote Obama shit hit that nail on the head, bro. The fact that that there is nobody around Joe Biden to to be able to hedge against the just the the pure white goofiness. Goofy. Yeah, I mean, but here I'm gonna, I want to center the conversation though in context. And not, I don't know about the timing of this particular ad in comparison to um, everything that's been happening in um, Wisconsin and in Portland, right? But there are some weird lines being flirted with in terms of how these riots is playing out, right? And these lo- this looting is playing out because looting and rioting, I think, are being used interchangeably to talk about the escalation of protest, right? Anything outside of their perception of peaceful, which is also bullshit and loaded because there's been a lot of peaceful protests that have been broken up and uh, set ablaze by the police and by the laws. Um, and so all of that shit is real subjective. But 
I think that in a world where the things are happening in these two cities and all across the country, they're having to draw a hard line. Here's what's missing for me. You know who they should have had in the mix, standing at least alongside them, making some statements about looters and shit? Kamala Harris. You need to be in the mix talking about crime and how you feel about it. It's racist and problematic. Anything this white man got to say about black people getting out there and getting in the mix and getting hectic and getting busy and about that action about their liberation is always going to seem racist. If you want to seem like you're making any sense about this shit, you better use the black woman you chose. Ain't it's that what she here for? To talk about looting and rioting because, A, she needs to start speaking up about her stance on the law and start saying out loud how she feel about the current system of law and order that's playing out right now. And secondly, we need some better answers than looting is bad. And if you know, we need a developed a uh, complex, complicated, messy conversation about the state of affairs in the United States and how we got to looting in the first place. So don't have no dismissive-ass conversation like people just stealing shit for the sake of it because it's Tuesday because that's not what's happening. Okay, or yeah. she go back to the person you're like, Dude, yeah, y'all love to quote Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King said, rise is the language of the unheard. Yo, so figure so, out so, what the hell these folks trying to say and what the hell y'all ain't been hearing. It's so, easy so to let me apologize them and be like, don't do this, but like, right. hey. Let me, let me ask y'all this then. Do y'all feel like that's even an approach that they should go, given the criticism of uh, Kamala right now? Anyway, should they should they take an anti looter stance? Should they take this this pro law and order stance in a world where one uh, voter turnout with a particular group of people, black people, will be the uh, the determining factor of whether or not you get elected? Period. Like let's let's not even play no games. If if black people were to turn the fuck out, Joe Biden is president. That I like that's that's no bull. That's no games played. I mean, you know what? A really big question has to be asked at this stage in the election, though, and I don't want to truncate the rest of the conversation. But a is niggas paying attention to political ads or people in general? I would like to see the numbers on how effective political ads are because you know who watches political ads right now? The same people who watch TV. You know who watch TV right now in real time? Old people. You know who ain't paying no attention to these political ads in the middle of their Hulu shows? Us. And the old No, no, but they showing up though. Like, like they, they got Hulu up. ad space. Yeah. Sure, sure. Right. But are we compelled by those? I think as a general public, there's a lot of nonpartisan, just kind of uh political science and communication and marketing and advertising research that goes into the effectiveness of political campaigns. And they already know a lot of that shit is throwaway money. A lot of this stuff is a part of a very antiquated campaign and process that don't have no relevance anyway. Bring that nuance. You know what I'm saying? So bring that nuance. The impact of these political ads, you wasn't finna change, you weren't finna A get my attention or B change my mind in the first place. And so it's a it's a it's an echo chamber. You are sending, you know, your signals out to your people to make sure that they stay tapped in or whatever. But that's the reason why I think they stands too. What's the word you use? Inadequate. I think I feel like I feel like this to me the stance to me the stance adequate taking a public stance on looting to me was not needed because regardless of them taking that public stance, the criticisms about Democrats and it being Democrat ran cities and it being it's not gonna go away. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that with that being said, they might as well went on some debate shit in my mind. I feel like right now. To me, the Democrats are showing that they are still being lost in the sauce of traditional politics, but they still trying to only appeal to people that have been going to the voting poll for the past five, six, seven elections, three, four elections. I think that it have been more efficient and much more, you feel me, productive to try to appeal and try to get those people that they feel like don't go to the voting. You know what I'm saying they don't go to the booth. 
Try to get those people to go register. Try to get those in my mind, figure out what's going on with them. And, 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 what, and what I think not gonna get them to go is saying the shit you're doing right like that, right there. It's like and that's what I'm saying. Like people, because Chris is in the comments, like conservatives, old people, uh, which I, yeah, I'm using those kind of conflated, but conservatives slash old people listen to, <laughs> to antiquated tactics. We don't listen to that old shit. So maybe we should be concerned about the ads and what they're saying. I'm not saying they're they are um, um, irrelevant completely to what's driving campaigns. I'm saying they're inconsequential into getting new new voters to sway one way or to sway another way, which is why y'all getting into hey y'all, calm down. Encouraging people to uh, register to vote, encouraging people to get out there and be a part of the process. Like that's what you need at this stage in it because none of these ads is changing nobody's minds. Here's why. Looter, code for black people. Black people, code for bad. Don't like them. We don't want to do nothing. Don't want to support they got going on. Conservatives already think that. So you're not elucidating. You're not exposing any new information that is gripping, that is jarring, that's going to change my mind one way or another. Either I'm going to read through the dog whistles or I'm going to vote for how I was already voting because you remind, you know what I'm saying? Like the shit, it just to me, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I think I'll say this and then we'll, I'll say this and we'll get to the next story. Um, I think after listening to what you're saying, Toya, I actually think it's not inconsequential. It's actually works. It's counterproductive. Hmm, okay. At, at best, at best, it's inconsequential. At worst, even though people don't watch the ads, it's a story, right? Like the root. I've seen an article on the root already, right? Like it's it it's it's proliferating. Even Fox News is saying, "Hey, oh Biden, Biden has put out an uh, anti-looter ad." So ultimately, the people who was who's like uh, Joe Biden is ain't really fucking with black people was is already gonna be like, see, confirming it cutting them off and, and then the people that was on the fence is like now i'm not fucking with you that but also there are people we have to remember the people that's just like it does not matter what i've seen these tweets it does not matter what joe biden does there's nothing in the world that will keep me from from voting for him voting for him to get donald I, trump out you know of there. Like, there, there are people like the balance. i guess i guess that is more of the binary that i should be talking about when i talk about the inconsequential nature of it either you thought joe biden was racist and problematic and fucked up beforehand beforehand yeah. and mm-hmm. this was just like look at this nigga doing what we already said that's why i'm not voting for him or you gonna do what you gotta do to get Donald Trump out of there, and that's just another ad that you gonna let kind of roll by, and that's a hit you gonna take. Like, damn, that was kind of racial. Maybe not uh, racial, but definitely racial. And then you gonna keep it pushing because you feel like it's too much at stake to stake it on something like that. Let's get into the let's get into this, this next story, and uh, I know this this is one that hits George personally in in his field of endeavor. Uh, <laughs> I'm in, and it can affect my bag a little bit too. So, my god, oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. But check it out, Donald. This is diversity. Y'all like the headline? <laughs> <laughs> Donald, this is diversity, solid, solid alliteration, buddy. Yeah, uh, so for federal employees, Donald Trump is saying you better not pay nobody to schedule no type of diversity, nothing training, nada, nothing. We're not training on no diversity. It's anti-American. If you're trying to tell people how to talk to other people, no, we're not fucking with it. If you're a federal employee, it's done. That's and, been hold on. And, and too, let me make this clarification for the people that's that's, that's watching that they that's gonna be in the comment section, either in now or you know what I'm saying after the fact. Yes, Donald Trump banned critical race theory trainings. Critical race theory is literally what gives backing and structure to the whole entity of diversity and inclusion training. 
literally all of the learning objectives, all of the values, all of the perspectives comes from the legacy and literature base of critical race theory. Yeah. So don't try to hit us in the comment section with none of the bullshit ass shallow criticisms about misinformation because guess what? Donald Trump knew what he was doing when he made this outlaw in terms of criticizing critical race theory and anything about white privilege, especially when it comes to things about slavery. And we see what he's doing now with the, it was a 1619 project, whatever it's called. Yo! Yeah, okay. But my bad, uh, I, did, I did that thing you said I shouldn't do. With it. Well, yeah. We don't listen about this. No, 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 no. But that yeah. but you know what? That was perfect though. Like that was perfect. Because look, um what 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 it's speaking to is well, I'll just ask the question. Can he do anything else? Like if I always think that it's like, well, no, nah, he's like obviously racist. You know what I'm saying? Like obviously. Now it's like, damn, no, for real, like for real, for real, like. He's telling the world, telling the government, we don't fuck with diversity. Hey, I'm going to, and you like, can get any worse? I fear a lot um, about how the American conscious perceives uh, fascism or totalitarianism or authoritarianism. And it's partially... Uh, because I keep coming across like random posts and random messages about the ways that things like fascism take place and people are waiting on a big boom, a big bah for the fascism bell to ring. And by the time it rings, it's gonna be done, it's gonna be done too late. Yeah. Right. And so I think when you say, you know, can it get any worse? Absolutely. And that's because we're dealing with somebody who has been given inches, is it now and is now been motivated to take mouths, right? You know what I'm saying? And so we have already as a pre-Donald Trump been falling into various forms of fascism, of authoritarianism, of, you know, these kind of gross violations. And then we go a little bit further. And once we take some concessions, we see presidents like Donald Trump that can really start to uh, hyper accelerate a lot of these things. Right. And so when you say, can it get worse? Is it possible? Uh, it can be worse. Yeah. Like 1000%, it can get worse, it will get worse. And I think that is a reflection of us having not stopped gapped a whole lot of things we should have stopped a long time ago. Uh, I want to respond to this comment real, uh, comment real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's slowly turning USA into a fascist country. This wasn't a comment, but this is a great comment. Uh, I ain't no response to that. That's that's right on point. But uh, Robert Robinson says, I'm confused. Are, are you all saying Biden and Trump are both racist or racial? Let oh. me clear up that confusion for you, bro. We're actually saying something very specific. And it's not it's neither one of those things have to do with just calling them racist. Biden specifically, that conversation was how even at even operating from a liberal or moderate liberal standpoint, you have uh, there is a um, there is a effort to criminalize black people. And in this instance, it's done in the form of looters. So there's there is a uh, there is a, a weaponizing of protests that is done against black people that Joe Biden is taking advantage of to maintain white votes. That's what Joe Biden did with Donald Trump. What we're talking about specifically is the ways in which government is being utilized to challenge any ways in which black people have infiltrated institutions and utilize the information and the philosophies that they've developed to change those institutions. He's actively pushing back and challenging those efforts to change the 
I guess we could say the epistemology of of work uh, of uh, workplaces of how black people are situated within those workspace work uh, spaces and specifically challenging the effort to get white people to understand the ways in which they are implicated in the oppression of black people on an everyday basis. That's what's happening right now in terms of uh, uh, Donald Trump attacking diversity and inclusion. Go ahead, George. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the only thing I will add into it is that when we start thinking about making America great again and the idea of making America great again and the idea of America being a melting pot, I feel like we start to get into how some things are just, just don't mix. You know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or we see that there's a rhetorical tension. That's how I would put that. There's a rhetorical tension between America being a melting pot in, 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 in this great country that has this celebrated, you know, multiculturalism in the same country that has its federal employees being outlawed from having training for diversity and inclusion. So I think that, you know what I'm saying? To me, it's just a, this is just a tension. I mean, Noel, Noel makes uh, a pretty solid point. Uh, she says he is confirming to the world he is racist and wants to strategically hinder education and white people that may elevate due to education, right? We underestimate the amount of white people who I won't, you know, pretend to project onto all white people goodness, but people who are literally in a state of confusion. And we like, yeah, in 2020, and they like, yes, in 2020, I've you know, hidden behind and I've been ignorant and I've and and whatever. And so just like a, a, a teacher, right, with a new student, I can't overlook the fact that just because other people have been here before and they might be on a, I, I got to go back and get you too, right? You know what I'm saying? I have to go back and make sure you be employed with the information too, which is why we have this type of training while you come in and you got to go through these seminars and you go do this training again. Yeah, because you might have forgotten or I can't take for granted that you learned it or that you've seen it. And so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? For those people who are in those federal positions that do want to do their jobs better, who are do who are having a moment of reckoning, who seen whose whose communities did get burnt up and messed up, and they trying to figure out and make sense of it all. Those are the people who need the training, and now they're not gonna get it. And the people who don't want it, guess what? You still gotta go sit in the conference room and go sit around and sit on Zoom and go sit through the shit and do whatever to get your box checked or whatever. So it works for me either way. Right? Because it's time you have to spend and have to invest in a, a, a structured uh, a benchmarked system that at least ensures that you've been imparted imparted the information. Not so much that you'll always use it, by the way, but so that when you don't use it, I can hold your ass accountable and fire you. You knew better. Pick the next person. Yeah, that, that, that's why you signed that paper at the end, right, George? Exactly. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, cool. If you use it, cool. Great. Awesome. It's about when you don't use that shit and I get to go ahead and come on, go to HR, go ahead on over there. Go yeah. and, and, then they, and then they pull your file and be like, so we had the lecture. Um, <laughs> we had a, a young man by the name of Conscious George Lee right. came in and he spoke to you all. And then um, there was an affidavit that you signed at the beginning and at the end. It was a pretest of the protest. Post mm -hmm. that you through, and for some reason, it's not gelling that these microaggressions, yes, it's a word you should have learned, uh, are not acceptable here in this space. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, all right. So that's that. I mean, really, there, it ain't even much more to unpack. I just wanted to, you know, again, it's 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 like uh it's like the terror watch that George Bush used to have. It's the racism watch. You know what I'm <laughs> like we in the red or oh, we yeah. in the orange. We ain't even in the red yet. We in the orange. Uh, the last story we're gonna get to today is because it's Labor Day, and I'm killing it with the titles today. Essential Labor Day. Essential Labor Day. It's essential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's essential Labor Day. You know what I'm saying? Because you know we I'm all know what Labor it. Day I'm is. Here for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we all know what Labor Day is, and we, you know, we we all off today. I'm sure y'all had some barbecue, beers, enjoy time with some family. Um, and it's about celebrating the uh, the accomplishments of people who fought for the worker in America, right? Fought for labors and fought for workers' rights and all of that shit, right? Mm-hmm. And in 2020, we're going through this pandemic. And within this pandemic, you take your ass to a restaurant to go get something to eat. You probably shouldn't be at the restaurant during the pandemic, but you decide to do it anyway. But the number one reminder that your ass should not be at this restaurant right now is the fact that your waitress not only has on a face mask, uh, 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 your weight staff, your weight staff, excuse me, let me not gender those people. We're ungendering in 2020. Yes. Uh, your weight staff, whoever they are, whoever they are, have, have, <laughs> have on a mask. <laughs> Shut up, George. <laughs> they have on a mask. Yes, and then they also have on a face shield. And then they have on rubber gloves. And they're also keeping their distance trying to take your order. That should tell you that these people should not be at work. You feel me? So in the context of us talking about celebrating the worker uh, to close out this political chop, I want to get, how do y'all feel like, I mean, speak to the essential worker. Because while some niggas been working from home, niggas been chilling, whatever, it's been people who ha- that have been going into work every single day yeah. of this pandemic. Let's talk to them. Um, my The short answer is capitalism is bad. Um, <laughs> and that can be the long answer if you want it to be, but I'll elaborate. The worst part about essential workers during this time and how we've had to navigate and negotiate that is understanding that we're putting them at risk Absolutely. By going out and patronizing these establishments, by going in and, and being in their midst and ordering and not wearing a mask the entire time we're there and a whole lot of things. But these restaurants are already functioning at 50 percent or less. They're already open by the graciousness of the states that have allowed for them to be so. And these same uh, essential workers, a lot of them only have a certain level of experience or education that locks them into those jobs. So it ain't like they can go get other jobs. That's the job for them. So. As many as much as we argue about this, is as much as you have local businesses saying, "Come buy from us. Don't even go through Grubhub. Just call us straight up and come place an order. Come see us. Come dine in. Come do whatever." Because of the gridlocks of capitalism. On one hand, and in one position, stop it. On one hand, in one position, you want a position where you 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 don't want to be out here potentially spreading the virus. But on the other, you paying somebody's bills, and they know that too. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's it's, it's messed up. Cap is bad. Yeah. And, 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 and what I add to that is pretty much just the double bond of capitalism. Like capitalism is so pervasive that it's really a global system of capitalism. Whether I'm in China, America, or South America, it's like shit. I got to deal with capitalism. The second thing that sucks about it is like no matter how much capitalism sucks, I have to survive in this capitalist system. I want to. I want. I want to live. So because I have to survive in the capitalist system, you know what I'm saying. This is where I kind of, you know, this double bind I'm kind of put into. I'm forced to try to thrive in a system that hates me. Or I'm forced to try to thrive and survive in a system that is dialectically opposed to my, you know what I'm saying, thriving. You feel me? And I feel like this right here is going to come in a debate mind right here. One time I made a criticism about this capitalism shit or whatever. And somebody in my comment section hit me with the, well, you on Instagram or you just like, listen. 
all the slaves said slavery sucked. You feel me? Most of the slaves, how about that? Most of the slaves said slavery sucked. However, when the master came through with the food, they still ate. You'll be dumb to say, man, you, you, you say slavery bad, but you eat master food. Yes, the slaves had to survive in that system. <laughs> you feel me? That, that they had them confined. They had them in captivity. And whether we like to uh, admit it or not, capitalism is a system of captivity. Coercion. Yeah. All of that shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's crazy that you even say that because like you said, in this instance, people had to put their life at risk to survive. To survive. It's crazy. I, I mean... mean it, go ahead. No, nah, because I just want to speak to, especially when we talk about labor, the, the nurses that worked around the clock during the, during the peak of it. I mean, not, not even just the, the medical professionals that worked around the clock. You know what I mean? To to uh to kind of keep up with it all, them not having the proper resources to protect themselves. What the amount it? of uh the amount of people who are you know first responders and and medic are medical professionals who put their life on the line to save other people, you know, what I mean? and that end up dying, right? Like the list, the the amount of nurses and doctors and you know what I'm saying, EMTs that that died from COVID because they just handle COVID patients every day while we quarantine. You know what I mean? Like those are like that's the type of shit that don't get recognized even on days where we sit here and celebrate. Well, you know what I'm saying? Labor. It doesn't. You know I mean? And this is why too. You know, as much as I want to point to that cap, <clears throat> we have to talk about racial capitalism in the way that prolifically happens. You know, everything mm -hmm. happens in support of the black people. One of the startling statistics, and I'm probably gonna butcher it a little bit, but I'll get it as close as I possibly can to accurate. Is talk was talking that I heard on NPR was talking about New York. And the essential workers up there, and how I think seventy percent of essential workers, seventy some odd percent of them were black or brown. And of those y'all, of the seventy, some maybe seventy eight percent of essential workers that were black and brown. Okay, check this stat: sixty percent of them were women. So you have black and brown women who are really taking the brunt when you look at essential services, maybe not uh, in specifically the nursing field or the doctoring field, but I bet the statistics are similar for the state of California. Right. And what we can probably see is that there are very particular people suffering in very specific ways because of how labor is recognized, understood and identified in our society. And so it's rough. Right. It's 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 hard because I do as a consumer have to make a decision about whether or not I'm making this, the issue better or make it worse. Right. If I go out, I, I want to give you a good tip. But what did that good tip mean when you can't breathe? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? What What do that tip mean when you take something? I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's extra ten dollars, extra fifteen. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. like, like now nah, for like since I ain't because I'm a I've been doing it like you know we've been going out, um, and I make sure that man, I like yo twenty dollars has to pay. Yeah, off break, twenty dollar tip has to pay off break. I mean, because it's just and the one time I I, I tipped him only like eleven dollars, and uh my wife brought it to me brought it up after the fact. I felt bad because I was like, nah, she you know just being out there. You know what I mean? Pe people deserve that recognition. They deserve more than just like, well, you know, you got you 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 the one who got to work. You got to pay your bills, right? Yeah. Like, nah, that's just not fly. Yeah. So on, on on this essential Labor Day, you know what I'm saying? Respect to y'all, man. man you anything you know, to me, I got two thoughts on it. The first thought I come to mind is that this country, the the backbone of this country, is fueled by the manual labor, reproductive labor, and spiritual labor of black and brown women. From the from from the beginning to now, yeah. you know what I'm saying. And, and and in terms of how when we talk about how many people, how many cents people is paid on a dollar compared to white men, 
how it gets even lower when we talk about black and brown women. You know what I'm saying? We can talk about how white women is paid this percentage, you know what I'm saying, 80 cents or whatever, whatever it is on a dollar. But we know that number goes down significantly. And I think that when we think about the type, the type of labor that black and brown, the black and that black and brown women do for less cents on a dollar than everybody else, especially in the coronavirus, it's like man, yeah. you see the risk they taking for cents on a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Which brings me to my second point of it seems like to me right now that from a middle class and upper middle class perspective, there's been a lot of industries and a lot of industry period that benefited financially from the coronavirus in terms of how the economy is being hit. To me, it seems like the essential workers, especially black and brown women, that kind of still been able to go to work. It's been it's been happening to go to work and risk their life for six hundred dollars. Haven't been kind of rewarded or haven't been compensated for risking their life tooth and nail or risking getting this deadly disease with making burgers or cleaning up or you know what I'm saying. And those pretty much my two thoughts on 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 this right here. Definitely. I mean, you got to think about who who we always need to have hyper specific conversations about how the cookie is a crumbling for particular people. Uh, I know Dama is trying to bring it to the close. I'm going to holler at these comments real quick. One, Chris says, uh, one, you have to play the game to survive and two, what system slash game exists that allows all people to achieve economic equity uh, to be independent. And the answer is none that have been perfected, right? The closest version we've gotten to it is probably the communist system. And while I don't necessarily think communism is a terrible uh, response to the way we ought to live, instead of going down that political and ideological path, I'll kind of talk about the uh, realm of reasonability for the laborers and that are working, uh, the people who are working, even if we don't have this pristine system of equity, I still think there could be more care in the infrastructure of how we recognize people who hey. types of labor. And my hope is that, um, you know, the uh, 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 orientation toward unions, toward unionization, toward labor representation, a lot of these conversations come back to the forefront of this you know, American engine as we move it forward to have discussions about what that starts to look like because the laborer as it exists is not a conversation we've been having in realistic and contemporary times as seen by conversations about minimum wage and how we can't seem to agree on something as fundamental as basic as that. So we need to have more 2020 inflation-based conversations about the ways individuals and particular people are implicated within the systems that we have. Noel says uh, these employees are also facing additional hardship. The CARES Act says employees should accommodate work at home schedules first. So if an accountant is COVID positive uh, but mild symptoms, they may not use any sick leave, sick leave because they can work from home. However, the same equipment operator that can't work from home will burn all of their sick leave. There is no thought of equity for these jobs and these impacts. All jobs are not created equal, period, point blank, and across the line. And we've got to stop taking such a blanket approach. Stop being so lazy toward a system that we created. If you've made capitalism to thrive this way, you can't be so surprised that some of the cracks and crevices of it, those holes start to get bigger and people start asking questions about how we're going to fill them. That's how you make a system work is when that perfectly oiled machine where the proletariat is in there being the cogs that make it work, that when the cog burns out, you figure out how to replace it with a better piece. Damn, Marxist. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Period, point blank. Hey, y'all cut it out. Yo, yeah, so... Hey, make sure you, that's great wisdom from two, you know what I'm saying, extremely wise people. Uh, I'm glad everybody was able to chime in and add to the conversation. Uh, everybody that was able to stick around. Uh, we're hitting the 120 mark, so uh, we're about to go ahead and close this out. Um, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook at the Chop Up Show. Make sure y'all follow us on YouTube at the Chop Up Show. 
Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram at the Chop Up Show. It's really that easy. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us on Spotify at the Chop Up Show. You can find us on uh, iTunes at the Chop Up Show. Blog Talk Radio at the Chop Up Show. Is that? (laughs) I'm just saying. Repetition. If y'all sticking to it at the end, y'all probably know about it. Y'all probably already following and liking it. We appreciate that. Share it. But other people know you got a real cool podcast you want, you know, people to take a listen to. You got this little 30-minute segment. You know, we don't even put the whole show on there. Like, what y'all sit through, we break it down piece by piece so that you can have easy listening and listen on the go. So make sure, if you don't know where it is, it's at the chop-up show. Right? Just Google it if you, if you if you don't feel like going to individual stuff. We'll pop up. But outside of that, share it. Tonight, share this episode. Like somebody might watch it retroactively. They might see morning time. Show this morning, man. And if you engagements are necessary for the show to get some traction too. So if you haven't already, love it, like it, care it, do whatever. If you want a mad face and you don't like us, at least react to it. That's fine. We'll get out there through that too. So just interact with the post. Anything we post, make sure y'all let people know we are the chopper. Yeah, y'all be easy. Oh, before we do that. At the political plug, at Toya G, at the Conscious Lee, everywhere. Honest. Yeah, we out. Good night, bro. Have a good one.